fucking anticlimactic again, man. I need a new thing. Run like hell. My message to the Russian army. We're going to get into that later on. Welcome, everybody. Fire for Effect Live. Today is 14 September. I'm happy to be uh, back. It's been a couple days. I've got fuck all done this week that I planned, but I got a bunch of shit done that I wanted to. Um, I know this looks like a cum stain now that I'm sitting down. For those of you uh, listening to this later, just ignore what I just said. Uh, yeah, I was on the Dean Blundell show yesterday. If you haven't watched the Dean Blundell show, it's on weekly, actually daily, Monday to Friday, typically around uh, 1 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, 3 o'clock uh, Eastern Time. Great show. Lots of good shit. That's, uh, that's my man, Dean, part of the Dean Blundell Network, and I was very happy to be on the show with, uh, with Dean and, and Alex A. Rebekov, who's uh, from the Ukraine and, and routinely reports in as to what the fuck is actually going on over there. And he actually brought taught me a lot of shit I didn't know about, how we perceive stuff in the media about what's going on in the war over there versus what's actually happening in the war or how the media presents it. So we had some good conversation. Excuse me. We had some great conversation. If you do get a chance, check it out. Hey, Jen. And uh, it's on my YouTube channel, or you can get it on the, the Dean Blundell Network as well. And we're going to dive more into that. I only had, actually, I thought I was going to be on there for like fucking 30 minutes and I was on for the full two hours and I did not have enough time to articulate everything I wanted to say. I got so fucking excited at one point, I actually knocked my microphone uh, flying off the table because I wasn't using the boom mic. I used a different mic. It was a little more super cardioid and tight because of my dogs running around. Um, yeah. So I was pretty animated. Let's bring the boys in. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bryce Hooper. Mr. Morgan Warren, Bryce, where are you, man? Explain to the good, explain to the good folks at home what you're doing. <laughs> well, reporting live oh, from Canada Connect, Edmonton. Okay. I'm actually on site tonight at Canada Connect. Uh, we're actually using this space for my street outreach. Um, doing a whole bunch of stuff in the background, making uh, making things work for tomorrow's street team. Uh, so if uh, for any reason, if I forget to unmute myself, I I apologize for the music and the, the banter in the background. But yeah, we're, we're making close to 500 sandwiches and uh, we've got uh, close to uh, probably 10 volunteers working in the background. So cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Good shit. Uh, we got a guest with us tonight. He's a listener or viewer, listener, listener, viewer. I don't know. Maybe he's both. Um, I'm going to bring him in right now. Mr. Ryan Perry, Sergeant retired, 24 years, Canadian Armed Forces, multiple tours, including Haiti, Afghanistan, and two deployments to the Ukraine. Ryan, how are you doing? Good, guys. What's going on? Did I miss anything? No, it's pretty well. Kind of nailed her in a nutshell. Yeah, I wanted to, we wanted to get Ryan on because he's he's been over there, and that was part of the training mission, right? Was that Unifier? What the fuck was it called? Yeah, up unifier. Okay. I, the first time I went over was with two VP as their engineer, and then came home right at Christmas time, right after Christmas leave, early January. They said, "Well, you're going to redeploy with the Strathcona's." So I left that March of 2017 and did Roto Three. Nice, and obviously uh, made enough money to pay for all that fucking booze behind you. So that's. Good. <laughs> <laughs> actually 
This is the copy of the morale center I built on the Canadian base in Ukraine. Oh, wow. Yeah, the CEO and the RSM let me build a bar for the boys. Who the fuck was that RSM? There, there's not too many of those guys around anymore. What year, what year was that? Uh, with the Strathconus, it was 2017. Oh, the Strath let you build a bar, not, not 2VP. No, I only could serve beer out of the kitchen tent. Ah, see, two that beer. makes sense, man. That seems very. That seems like that's a very right? two VP thing. I believe fucking two VP is not going to let you build a bar, but Strats yeah. might for sure. Yeah, that that story tracks. They probably had a fucking gravy fountain too. Obviously, actually, the guys. I was. It blew me away how fit they were. Strats. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I've never, heard, I've never heard anybody say that. Ever. Lies. I need, Lies. I need a fucking minute, man. I've never, what? I've Brian, never why are you going to turn this podcast into a podcast of fucking lies? <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it might have been that command team, but they were all about this Tabata fitness and a, this crazy circuit training. I'm too fat, too old, too broken to be involved in that. But yeah, there was, they had to some be, fit soldiers. To be fair to the Strathconas, I was in Bosnia in 03, and we had like one of those fucking strongman competition things, right? This is in Banja Luka, and, and the Strats had a recce troop up there. And there was this big, huge fucking guy. I can't remember his name. My, my good buddy, Sean Ellis, he knows him. And he used to play in the CFL, and he's a fucking beast, man. And he won the strongman competition. My only question for him was, how in the fuck do you fit in the fucking turret? Like, they don't. Like, not, like he was, like he was fucking jacked, man. He was massive. He's not your typical gravy eating, little short armored guy. That's just, it looks like my good friend James P. White from ninety five seven Cruise FM. This guy was fucking fit as fuck. So I'm not gonna shit on the Strathconas tonight. Yeah, they're pretty tonight. They were pretty two VP. Two VP will shit on all fucking day, but not not. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know if you guys tuned in to DBS yesterday to get a vibe for what I was going through, but we're basically going to uh, kind of recap what I talked about. Um, JM wants to talk about what's going on in Moscow, and I, I think we should try to touch on that. I'm, although I'm not quite fucking sure, but we'll try to we'll try to cover that too. Um, the Russians are getting the shit beat out of them. Let's let's go to the graphics. I like to get graphics out of the way first because they don't have a fucking producer and I can't see. Um, overlay, overlay. Hang on. Sorry. Dead air, dead air. There we go. So this is kind of the global. For, for those of you listening, I apologize. You can Google this shit. It's maps of what's going on, like who controls what in the Ukraine. And it shows who controls what. If you're fucking around with your kit, hit mute, please. Um. Now we're going to get into who, what's happened over the least, like basically the last fucking week. So the Ukraine's uh, gains in Kharkiv counteroffensive. You can see how much fucking enormous amount of ground they've they've taken. And a little faint operation to the south to to uh, distract their attention, also uh, allowed them to control ground. And we'll kind of talk about that in a bit. It's it's unbelievable. Hey, do you remember? Does anybody remember Op Storm? You ever heard of it? Okay, so Operation Storm 
was in the Kraina region of, of uh, the former Yugoslavia in Croatia in uh, 1995. I was on what was called the Magical Mystery Tour, meaning we never actually went, and I'll get into it in a minute. Basically, Serb-held territory in Croatia, and the CIA, who, this is open source information, I'm not fucking making this up. It was a CIA-led operation, and it basically allowed the Croats to fucking storm and take over the uh, the entire Kraina. That led to the war crimes tribunals where Slobodan Milosevic was indicted for all the war crimes and shit. They were conducted there and ended up in The Hague and, and fucking died like a fucking bitch. And I think it was 06. And this just gave me like deja vu of, of op storms. Like there's no fucking way the Ukrainian military did not achieve this without deliberate planning and Western influence. Right? So actually, Ryan, I want to jump to you first and tell me, your give us your experience with uh, with those two rotos in the Ukraine, talk about what you did, and 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 how it was, and be blunt. So, be kind. My, be my originally, my purpose was to be the engineer. I was one of one for the main camp in Storici. So that's where the infantry training center was. Uh, basically, where they did all their basic soldier skills. We had another camp, and do the math on this one, 188 kilometers away to the south, but it took you eight and a half hours to drive there. Uh, So I took care of that. And what was your role there? Like, what what was your what was your job when you were over there? So I did infrastructure for the task force. So I was a CE guy. Okay, but then they tasked me to teach infrastructure sabotage to willing uaf members i didn't have a lot of students who wanted to learn infrastructure sabotage like how to blow a fucking bridge up uh sabotage water supply power supply sewage right into that sure yeah okay yeah and especially for deniability to the enemy that was my bag yeah yeah so why why was there resistance to that because that sounds like it's something they would might want to fucking know the same reason why they didn't want to learn how to run an echelon or service and support. They felt they didn't need it. They wanted first aid training, marksmanship, and they didn't want, but they so severely needed explosives handling training. Yeah. So like Like Chris, you have, you have basic demolitions. Would you put a nine volt battery and a blasting cap in the same pocket? Yeah. So nope. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't do that. Um, that's a bad idea. Fuck, I wouldn't even leave it around anything. That Jesus. Static electricity. There's a, there's a way. Uh, I'm a dumb trucker, and I don't think I'd do that. Specific shit for dead safety, and, and sure as fuck doing that is not what you would do. But I mean, that's the level of training they were at, right? Yeah, like that early on. Yeah, it was it wasn't great. They had a fifty percent a wall rate at the training center. Yeah, so this is twenty seventeen. For everybody watching, yep. listening, or jumping in late, this is prior to the war. And uh, our good man Ryan here is explaining, having been over there two two times as part of the training mission, what the fuck's going on over there. So yeah, keep going, man. 
Um, what I, I just seen an underfunded, poorly trained, poor disciplined army at the time. And it a lot feels of criminals. Like, yeah. A it's, lot of criminals. That you're not you're not saying anything differently than anybody else that's been over there that I've talked to that's been on that mission. And it's like I you know, I'm not we're not here to shit on the on the fucking on the resolve of the of the Ukrainian people or the success of the of the Ukrainian military. We're just fucking here to to say what it was, and then we're gonna get into where it's at. Right. Well, where it's where it's at is where my concerns are. The Russians withdrew. They didn't do a scorched earth policy. And they what are they what are these people gonna do with that broken, broken infrastructure? It was broken before the war started. Well, like, they're not these people gonna live right now, they're not gonna do anything. So yesterday I said like the people are partying in the streets in Ukraine. I get it, but it's like, you know what? You better fucking slow down because you're not done yet. The first thing they should be doing is, is in that recaptured area is getting as many civilians the fuck out of there as they can. Then they need to dig the fuck in and fortify. All right. We're going to, if you want to talk defensive ops, the man in the bottom right there, Morgan can talk about this better than me. You better dig in and get ready for a long, shitty, hard winter. And then, and then, hopefully, you've reconstituted enough to uh, to get ready for the offensive that's coming. Because I can promise you, Russia's not quite done yet. As fucked up as they are, is the problems in Moscow, which we're going to try to talk about, in, or, or like guess later. They will reconstitute somehow, and I, I see some major major shit going on in the spring. Is my prediction, Morgan? What do you think? Yeah, about that? no, I agree with you 100, Chris. And like I said, people celebrating in the streets and we're like, I mean, this is, you know, classic fucking Sun Tzu era of war shit. Like, the, I mean, don't underestimate them. I'm not saying overestimate your enemy, but don't underestimate these Russians. I mean, this is classic, like I said, like era of war shit. When you're strong, appear weak. And when you're weak, appear strong. I think this is exactly what the Russians are doing. Like, you know, it's in their backyard. They're kind of like, do we really need to hold this ground right now? Eh, maybe not. So right now they may look weak. But I don't think they are, and I I think no. that you know wait 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 till the springtime and it's just going to be like yeah man and, and, and I agree right and, and I made my fucking scorecard and we're going to get to that and it shits all over Russia and it fucking it, it 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 shows you the successes Ukraine's made but I I was cautionary yesterday saying this is not done this is going to go on for a long time and. If the, the world is watching and seeing, you know, that the Russia's got some egg on its face, they're not fucking done. They still got a lot of fucking resources they could pour in. They probably didn't plan it that well. Um, whatever. They thought this shit was going to be wrapped up in a week. It's not. You're seeing fractures in the, uh, in, 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 the um, in the rhetoric, in, in, in the propaganda machine. Right, the propaganda machine is not just spitting out the same bullshit about we're winning, we're winning, we're winning. Now it's like, well, fuck, maybe we're not winning. Did they retreat or did they tactically withdraw? That's really the question because there's a big difference. For those of you that don't know, retreating is just fucking off. And a lot of accounts show that they've retreated. They left a lot of perfectly serviceable equipment behind and ran. Um, tactical withdrawal is to withdraw backwards to create an advantage 
to give you a better tactical advantage later. I, I don't see that. But on the other hand, I also don't see, I don't see them uh, being fucking done yet. You know? I'm so curious on who's leading. Wow. Yeah, with so uh, many, so many generals being killed off and in a daily, I read a report that there's, they're losing, the Russians are losing a battalion a day. That depends what you, yeah, like who knows, man? I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's really, like, really fucking hard to say. Who's leading the Ukrainian army? Like, is it, is it a Ukrainian general or is it someone who looks like Morgan wearing cargo pants and a plumber's union t-shirt? I feel like Can, it's a combination of both. I'm telling you right now, there's no way Ukraine is, is, is realizing the successes that it's realizing by themselves. Yeah. There's heavy Western yeah. influence. Absolutely. We've seen involvement from other countries, flying aircrafts. We've seen them with different secret organizations throughout the military. Uh, with my experiences, both in the logistics, so I was Army and Air Force. I saw it all in the backgrounds of things. There's, there was many different countries in the UAE that were flying other countries' pieces of kit. We were refueling all sorts of things. There was many different countries and, and many different flags being flown on different pieces of... I can only imagine with the Ukraine involvement what other countries have been involved in the background supplying things that we're not supposed to, but they're there either, either way. Well, and that's exactly it. There's what you see in the media, and then there's the fucking reality of, of funding, of equipment, you know, and shit that is best kept out of the media. This is a fucking proxy war with the West engaged against Russia by using Ukrainian forces to do it because the Ukraine needs it. Sorry, Ukraine needs it. It's not the Ukraine. I digress. Um there's just no way. Let's let's fucking. I'm gonna bring up the scorecard here because we can we can go through these bullet points. How I ranked them, you guys can argue with me on them if you want. It's up to you. So I picked five categories to discuss this yesterday on Dean's show, and this gives us a little more time to dive into each one. So the first one is uh, is leadership. All right, now on the Ukrainian side, you've got Zelensky, and you can say whatever you want on him. Um, in his past, to me, it's not really relevant. It's what you're doing now, not what you did. And at the end of the day, he stayed in the country and didn't flee when he was offered a ride out. Unlike that fucking piece of shit from Afghanistan who fucked off on day one, Zelensky stayed. So whatever you but say. But isn't Zelensky yeah. renting his province to Russian oligarchs? Sorry, go yeah. ahead, Ryan. I think like, it was. Go ahead. It was reported there by Reuters that Zelensky has vacation properties in Europe and is now renting them out to Russians, which okay. I found kind of strange. Yeah. It depends which depends what your angle is. Like, I'll rent my I'll rent if, a friend a friend of my enemy is my friend or fucking whatever, you know. I think well, I don't know. He's the propaganda is pretty strong. It sends a, it, I wouldn't use him as a shining example of leadership. No, I it's a it, big it, act. I, I agree. With, I agree with Ryan on this one, hundred percent. Like, yeah, like, and you know, comparing him to like, you know, the Afghan president, you know, at the time, 
you, you know why that Afghan fled? Because at the, he, he fled because he realized I don't have any Western backing anymore. So Zelensky can stay there and he can pound his chest. Why? Because he's got the fucking might of fucking NATO behind him. That's you know? fair. And the minute the minute that NATO's fair. like, you know what? Now we're done. Zelensky's going to be out of there in the first thing fucking smoking, man. Yeah, well, like, NATO's he, not going to be done. He, he is. Zelensky is the Ukrainian Justin Trudeau. He's he shows up for photo ops and he does fuck all. <laughs> but he looks good. But he looks but he, great. He's handsome. He looks he's fucking handsome great. Ju just like Mr. Well, Trudeau. he was caught doing a GQ fashion shoot for the cover while his country was getting pounded by artillery and so forth, right? Just so, no. Absolutely. Right. It's already been reported several so times in the show. U.S. They had, a, they had a GQ fashion shoot with him and his wife. So they, he wasn't always in the country being the rock star that everybody thinks he is. He's yeah. always ducking out, being in the States, being safe and getting his photo on, charging people millions of dollars an hour. It was like, uh, remember in Band of Brothers when they were always looking for a so-and-so? Yeah, went up to division. And I was like, where is he? He's, uh, he's at regiment. He had to go up to division. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's what he's doing. Right. Captain Sobel. Hey, fuck you guys. Shit on my fucking check mark for Zelensky. I'm just saying that what he's doing, whether it's fucking fake news or not, is is uh obviously led to better morale of his people. Now let's flip the coin to our your your fucking good buddy Putin there. The guy leads with systemic fucking fear, uh, systemic corruption, spread false information to his fucking troops who didn't half of them didn't even know they're going to Ukraine. Still calls it a special operation instead of war for what it was. And the Russian army has shitty ass low morale. Um, it, it's, it's fucking brutal. So thoughts, comments on that. Are you going to rip on me and say Putin's the greatest fucking leader ever? Because fuck you guys if you do. Good. Quiet. We can move on. No, I'm stuck. I, I, no, I, I think I, I'm really stuck. Yeah, no, man. Like, All right. I think Putin, Come on, Ryan. Putin's stay it, devil, man. You know? Putin. Listen, I th I don't think Putin's a stupid man. No. I think I think he's a dangerous man, and he has probably up to Plan H right now, ready to go. But you're right; he does lead Putin. by intimidation and fear. Putin is fucking done. He's also a si very sick man. Read your I history. Mean, Read what yeah. happened in Russia in 1905. How, how, however, like once again, if you want to look at history, you want to look at Russia. Like, whoever leads Russia, Russia needs, like, a classic, strong man, you know, rule with an iron fist type of person. Like, throughout history, that, that's what that's what the Russians want. Moreover, like, anybody I know that are married to Russians that have still family in Russia. I had windows and doors put in my house, like, you know, last summer. And, uh, you know, the guy running the crew and half the guys on the crew are Russian. And every now and then, like, when I kind of get to know these people, I'm like, hey, what do you think of Mr. Putin? And... I'm just saying, my experience, this is only like a dozen people. However, every single one of them, it's been the same answer. Like, yeah, we love him. My family in Russia loves him. He's all about yeah. Russia. We love him. So I don't I'm disagree with you, but he's his big fucking bad boy army, which is a piece of shit army, um, is getting the fucking shit beat out of them. And that's not even a direct war with NATO. So, like, I get what you're saying. He's being supported. Uh, Ukraine's being no. supported by the but West. There's no scenario where the Russian army lasts eight fucking weeks against the fucking NATO. Not a chance. No. And here's what happens. But once again, once, once, once again though, is... is In 1905, it, 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 when it, it, Russia got their asses handed to them by Japan, there was a fucking revolution. 
1917, right after World War One, when Russia got their asses handed to him, there was a revolution. If he fucks this up, he is fucking done. No, I agree. I agree with you 100. But my my the wild card is is like has the Russian military has Mr. Putin really kind of you know like an, uh, uh, has he has he really flexed nuts? I don't think he has. I think he's got like the fucking B and the C team out there right now. I don't know. I, I, I like I said, I'm not. Don't overestimate him. What? Don't under, don't underestimate, underestimate this son of a bitch. Because like Ryan said, he's a dangerous man. He's not a stupid man. I thought this shit would have been wrapped up in a week when it kicked off in February. I did, and it hasn't happened. And now we're six months in, and these fucking guys are a, like fucking hightailing it back home. Fair enough, but I don't think Mr. Putin, he didn't want to go in there and just fucking level everything and kill the infrastructure just so he can rebuild it later. Well, know? that's what they're doing. They just blew up the, they fucking, listen, man, they just blew up the goddamn fucking power plant for no reason as part of their withdrawal from a fucking, some kind of fucking ship launched missile. Well, that's classic they, Russian they, technique. They're leaving and they're blowing shit up on the way there. Yeah, exactly. I was mentioned earlier. It's, this is their tactic. They're yeah, running away fucking, fucking scared right out. now because there's so many others involved in the background that none of us are seeing, too. There's There's got to be involvement from all of those three-letter acronyms from the U.S. There's going to be involvement from the Canadian stuff. I mean, we still got troops there, for fuck's sakes. There's no way that they're not being involved in the background of things, let alone our special forces, etc., um, I can only imagine the background of things currently, and that's why they're running. Maybe they've got battalions of guys that are just fucking shit up that nobody's talking about. Yeah. Okay. Leadership's done. Fuck, I don't want to get into it anymore. Let's get into real army shit. Training. Now, hey, listen, and I know it's a green checkbox, and I know that Ryan's got some other comments, so just bear with me. The Ukrainian forces received training from NATO. Ryan can speak to this. But their, their dog shit army that they were, and I know it was, has just went through six months of fucking real war fighting in their own territory. And that evolves how they train and influences their tactics. The Russians, on the other hand, after years of corruption, neglect coupled with low morale, poor leadership, has resulted in a poorly trained and an undisciplined military. Geez, that sounds really close to home now, doesn't it? <laughs> wow fuck you Fred. I, I didn't want to go there but yeah so i mean you were there so you like 2017 just walk us through what your your general i know we talked about this a bit thoughts and comments so, on what the military is and what you think it is how you think it it is today based on what you're seeing i i'm seeing a massive you're, you're seeing the Ukraine, it feels like almost down to the company level in the field being led by Western leaders. Because three years ago, they, they didn't have a competent NCO corps, let alone a competent officer corps. Like fraggings in 2017 were still common. Wow. You want to explain so, to everybody what that means? So a fragging is, I guess, the first time I'd heard it was in reference to a, a Vietnam movie where the troops get disenfranchised or angry at their platoon commander or an officer, and they kill him. Uh, 2017, I know of a plot that happened at the counter-IED center, and a young Canadian soldier 
understood Ukrainian, unbeknownst to the Ukrainian soldiers, and listened in and thwarted a, an assassin, well, basically a fragging. Wow. And that's at the counter IED center. So this is like supposed to be their best of the best. Best of the yeah, best. They, they have some <coughs> yeah. they have some discipline problems. No, and I believe that. I worked in. I believe had, that uh, Every, everybody said the same thing. So they were they were we had some pretty violent, violent offenders in the camp I was based out of. And now six months into a war. I think that Western mercenaries or volunteers is what they're called had a definite direct influence, probably down to the section level at leadership and showing the example. I believe that. I I just, I, and I'm not, again, not shitting on the resolve of the Ukrainian people, but they've had to learn trial by fire. It's like, you better get your fucking shit together or you will lose. See, the people, like my experience there, like having to use uh, local contractors, local employees, interpreters, uh, going in town to engage in contracts, the Ukrainian people, Jesus, they're, they're tough. Like they're just a tough, tough race of people. But what they were getting as draftees into the army did not reflect the the population I was seeing in Lviv. Okay. So it was like, really strange. Sounds like the calf in about like a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, like the civilian population. We're not on the fucking Canadian army today, man. We can save that shit for next week. Just but, saying. Yeah. It was so just, what? it was such a weird demographic. I, I like, and coming from the only drafty army I have experience with was the Afghan army. Oh, I don't even talk about that either. Fuck me. So I, I don't really have much to compare to, to a yeah. society versus like conscript army. I, I don't, I don't know much about it. Yeah. yeah. But either way, they're thrown, they're thrown into a fucking war. So. Go ahead, Morgan. Uh, although, Chris, I, I've heard some of it's like, you know, I, I haven't been to Ukraine, but I've talked to, you know, a few of my friends that have been there and have guys that have been to Afghanistan as well. And, yep. you know, I'm well aware of, you know, how the Afghans operate and the Afghan National Army and National Police Force and everything like that. And the boys were like, I'd rather train Afghans. They're like, they were much more motivated. They, you know, they actually, you know, it, I guess what, what I'm saying is that the Ukrainians made the Afghan army look like a streamlined vision of the future. Just saying. I mean, I never trained conventional ANA. I work with, uh, you know, training Afghan counter IED teams. So these guys are a little more fucking motivated, I guess. Yeah. Right? Like a little more of the top tier guys. But I remember on my first roto was was that based out of Kabul. And I would go down to KMTC, which is the Kabul Military Training Center, which is like the fucking Cornwallis basic training for the whole uh, Afghan army. And they were fucking junk. And half of them went AWOL. And as soon as it was harvest season to go harvest poppies, half of that half would fuck off. So to say that, if guys are saying that, that's like fucking wow, you know, yeah. that they better train the Afghans than, than, than the Ukrainian military. Because and I think maybe it's because the Ukrainian military, and I'm, and I'm speculating here, probably thought NATO will bail them out. We don't have to worry about it. Russia's never going to invade us. Like, fuck, I don't know what they're thinking. Don't know. I don't know. In 2017, their priority was 
sending soldiers to the tank biathlon than training. Again, sounds a lot like calf. Right? That's kind of what he's just going to keep fucking poking, man. Okay, we're moving on to the next one here. No, wrong slide. Except for allowed, we're allowed purple hair now. That's right. Okay, tactics. Again, this is driven by, you know, an influx of Western equipment coupled with proper training from the West and tactical guidance has led to success. And they've somehow denied uh, air superiority, which blows. I have a fucking hard time with the word superiority. I don't know why. It, it boggles the mind. And I want to get into this in a bit here is the Ukraine resistance being a fucking huge force multiplier. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Russians, however, they're following legacy, legacy Soviet doctrine. And I know this shit well, unless anybody's <laughs> been in the fucking army on this channel longer than me. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but they're, no, they're not equipped or trained or logistically supported to realize the planned successes. And they, they fucking never got air superiority. So basically what I'm saying here is Russian doctrine... No country in the world uses artillery more than Russia. And I'm an artilleryman by trade, although I did a lot of other cool shit too. But at the end of the day, no other country uses more artillery. That being said, the use of artillery is usually done after a successful fucking air campaign, which we talked about weeks ago. Um, they, never, they never achieved that, taking out all the C3, command, control, communications. They didn't seize airfields with airborne units. All that good, good fucking shit. Then, okay, we're going to pound the shit out of you with artillery. And they fucking destroyed all kinds of stuff. They, they have indiscriminately fired civilian targets. And I've seen that firsthand from friends that are there on the ground doing search and rescue. So you can't argue with that. Uh, but here's where they fell down. They got no fucking gas. They have no ammo. The troops have no morale. They can't hold the ground. They fail to seize and hold ground. So your armor and your infantry that would follow that fucking artillery barrage, typical Soviet doctrine, never came to light. And even if they did, now you got these fucking guys on, on in, in, in held territory that cannot hold ground. They have no fucking food. They got no fuel. They got no ammo. And their morale's in the shitter. And they're hearing on the chatter. And we're going to talk about this mill blogger thing in a bit. And they're like, fuck this shit. All my buddies over there, they left. I heard it on the radio. And all my buddies over there, they left. Why am I going to fucking stay here? So that's why they get the big fucking shit stain. They're also being told that they're going on an exercise. So they don't even know where they're going. That's the, like, they're, they're being told, hey, you guys are going to Suffield. You're going to go train somewhere. Don't worry about it. And they're showing up there and they're actually in the thick of things. They don't, they didn't even realize they were supposed to pack anything but a DEU uniform. Yeah. I don't believe that line for a second. Hey, seriously, you're telling me a soldier bloggins in the Russian army? Oh, yeah, there's a war in Ukraine, but we're going on exercise and your truck starts heading west? You know where you're going. Like, I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, you're getting this from guys who fucking since like fled Russia and seeking asylum saying that that's what happened. And I, and I, I, I don't if, if I, I was seeking know. asylum, I'd, pretty, I'd tell a pretty tall tale too. <laughs> that's fair. That, that's fair. Hey, that's fair. Tell them anything they yeah, want to hear. Asylum, I'm on the internet. I'm gonna fucking asylum. tell you all kinds of shit I, again. Yeah, hundred percent. The like, sky uh, is purple, by the way. If I get to sure, stay in France, it's on the fucking internet. It must be true. Exactly. Um, I don't know. 
But either way, let's just focus on the army shit versus conjecture and guessing. It is the Russians' tactics following the typical Soviet doctrine was completely undermined by their inability to resource and sustain those operations. A fucking hundred percent, man. There's no scenario where you're arguing with me on this. Also, because I can hit mute and fucking it's my pod, so you can't argue. So uh, what are the Russian strategy? Going to leave Spetsnaz or an alpha group to do counterinsurgency and do their Their doctrine is solid if they if, if, if they fucking actually didn't have decades of corruption following their leader where all the fucking senior leadership bought yachts in the Black Sea instead of fucking like buying good tires for their trucks and, and, and maintaining their equipment. Yeah. Wait a minute. Are you, wait a minute. Are you are you talking about Russia still? Or are you talking about the Catholic and the, uh, <laughs> the Canada? I'm, I'm 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 confused here. I'm lost. I got I got I got a placard. This is the Russian army. <laughs> now we're talking about the fucking Canadian army. Are you talking, um, you're talking about corruption and planes and yachts and vacations? I mean, I don't know. Are you talking about the PMO? I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't. Know. Anyway, you're, you're oh, fucking my train of thought. The Russians fucking suck. Look at the pictures, man. Where's their good kit? I'm looking at a picture of a BTR-70. It's but, in Russia still. Exactly. But, but Chris, that, that, that right there is Russian doctrine. They're sending in the C team and the B team. The A team. The A team are still sitting on the rucksack, Fuck bro. off, man. I'm not agreeing with you on this because I've been waiting for the fucking A team for six months. This guy's in so much political shit right now. If you're gonna call the fucking A team, but he's you better in, okay. Do he's it in political. Shit. He's in political shit. Like, how is he in political shit? Enlighten me. He's is fucking he in hiding. Shit man. Inflation he's, is through the fucking roof. Hiding. Fucking, you know, real estate. Fucking taxes. Wait, no, wait a minute. That's us. That's us. You're, you're talking about Trudeau. I'm talking about Putin. Putin. Yeah, exactly. But what Putin. I'm saying is that all this, all of the sanctions, you know, you know, all all of our fucking big talk, like we're gonna crush them economically, and the only person that's getting crushed economically is the West. Inflation is fucking through the roof. Taxes are fucking through the roof. You know, we're at like within our own countries, we're at each other's fucking throats, and we're we're saying, yeah, we're gonna crush these Russians, and they're not gonna be able to survive. And guess what? The, all of Western Europe is dependent on the goddamn Russians, and they're sitting there thinking like, all right, pay up, sucker. They're doing tangent, just fine. Is your tangent done yet? Done. There's no, there's no fucking A team coming, man. There's no A team. They blew all no. the money. They did, yeah. They were doing no war in Syria and everywhere else with the rest of us. If there was an A-team, you would have saw it 90 fucking days ago. There's no A-team. They're going to go into winter, reconstitute, try to build an A-team, and then try this shit again. And we'll have this conversation again in, like, fucking March. But well, see, right you, now, you could be right. I'm not saying what I'm saying is 100% right. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the Russians are going to roll over and die that easy. I don't know. I agree with that. I'm just saying... This fucking A team that we have been trained to believe in, like I was tr fucking trust me when I joined the army in 1988, the Russians were the bad guys. Mm. And I spent fucking nights on my Ford Observer course learning about fucking Soviet <laughs> fucking motor rifle or mechanized rifle regiments and all this shit, right down to Soviet soldiers don't wear socks, they wear foot wraps, shit like that, man. I learned so much fucking Russian doctrine. I was going to join the fucking army again and go back and fight these cunts now that fucking, you know, they're the bad but, guys. But, like, so for the last, you know, 20-ish years. Where's the fucking 18, man? There's no 18. No, but for listen now. For the last 15 years at least, 
like NATO, we've been, you know, in, you know, the global war on terror, we've been in Iraq, we've been in Afghanistan, and we have been hemorrhaging money, spending money out of control. And what have the Russians been doing? You know, it's a classic, like, well, they were in Syria, you know, man. Uh, Vietnam, yeah, they've you been know, at war in other you know, countries, man. You know, Charlie's in the jungle getting stronger. And I'm just like, oh, no, I don't know. No, I think That's he's right. tapped like, out, to be honest. They're, they're, they're tapped out like the calf. There, there is nothing left. If we were to have to go and protect ourselves at some point, I honestly don't think that there'd be anything. Oh, the, the calf. We couldn't beat a good heart on, my friend. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> All right. That's why Canada has the Newfoundland Liberation Army. To protect no the East Coast. Kid. We're moving exactly. on, fuckers. Okay, equipment. Well, this is the same story. Obviously, the Ukraine has got Western equipment. They've received Javelin missile systems, not the shitty one we have. This is an anti-tank system. they got HIMARS, which is part of the U.S. Uh, multiple launch rocket system. They've received M777 howitzers. they got a fuck ton of Western equipment. They have Western intelligence um, surveillance. And they have... Three batteries of Iron Dome from Israel. Yeah. The Russians got junk shit, period. Dilapidated due to years of fucking neglect based on corruption. I haven't seen these kick-ass, super cool tanks yet. Um, I've I've yet to see any of this rock star Russian shit. I don't know where the fuck it is. Maybe they're saving it for, for, for fucking Morgan's A-team. But most Maybe. of the pictures are of junk crap from the fucking 90s that is... Just getting fucking murked by uh, by the by Western equipment, not like the Ukrainian. Okay, actually, Ryan, you tell me what is their legacy kit? Because it feels like it's just old Soviet era shit from the fucking Iron Curtain. They've right? been trying to jack up old T sixty twos, T sixty fours forever. Uh, someone in the ops staff of the Strathconas when I was there scored us a a tour of their tank factory and what it was it was it wasn't a factory it was just a body shop they take these like literally taking stuff off monument pads stripping it down pulling Morgan, the turret off of it fucking word i know what you're gonna say <laughs> and uh i i'd never seen anything older than a t72 up close so i walked up to this t62 and they're trying to get the auto loader working and I haven't seen violent action like that since an abattoir. Like, yeah, I don't know. I would not want to be inside that tank with that. Auto yeah, like, like I, I know that prior to being fucking kitted out by uh, by the West, they had junk shit. But hey, guess what? They're up about six hundred and fifty tanks in the last twenty four hours because the Russians all fucked off and left their kit. Okay. Yeah, but but the Ukrainians, much like the Afghans, you can give them. The best equipment today, they don't they don't have the brain power to fucking maintain it. Like as soon as this thing runs out of gas, it's like they're gonna be like, man, fucking throw it out away. They don't have the brain power. It's just like you see these like the Taliban, their air force, whatever the fuck you want to call, flying around in Black Hawk helicopters, crashing them into the ground. They've got no idea what they're doing. Did you guys see that the other day? This fucking idiot yeah. Taliban pilot fucking crashed his helicopter. Yeah. Exactly, well, and like a year from now, we're gonna be like, "Did you see that idiot fucking Ukrainian pilot crash his fucking Blackhawk into the ground?" Like, it's gonna be the well, same shit. I don't man. know, man. It's mission well, specific. Right? They're fucking, they're, hey, they're using the kit right now, and that's that's all that matters. Canada did send. I never seen them. I don't know where they operated out of. They sent Air Force 
technicians like hangar guys and gals yeah. to Ukraine to teach the Ukrainian Air Force how to do maintenance. But how to fix your plane. I don't know. I don't know where it where they were based at it. Never seen them. That makes sense, though. That makes sense, right? Um, like yeah. we're not the only country doing that shit. We got guys in the UK training fucking training Ukrainian soldiers right now. Um, okay, that would be a good go. I would do that. Train of the day, go drink <laughs> I got British a buddy beers who's, tonight. I got a buddy who's on a six-month gig right now in the UK. He's there already training guys. I'm like, fuck, man. Where were all these jammy goes when I was in? Because they didn't you get FS. You would get foreign service premium. Mm-hmm. It's beer money. It's all about, it's all about fucking beer money. Okay, let's get through this fucking thing. Logistics. This is the big one. Obviously, uh, these all intertwine, right? So everybody understands that that's watching or listening to this. All these five points are not standalone items. They they interact with each other, and they're all interdependent on each other. So logistically, obviously, um, considerable supply of equipment, weapons, and ammunition from the West, albeit challenging to deliver in terms of quality, sorry, quantity, and timeliness is a big advantage to the Ukraine because um, you have the whole Western world is logistically supplying you. All of NATO is supplying you. That can go on, and it goes back to Morgan's point, what, why the fucking Afghan government collapsed and fled because they had no more support from the West. Basically, they fucked off. That's not the case. You have the entire fucking continent of Europe and all the countries that are part of NATO saying, hey, we don't want Russia extending into this for whatever reason. And and all of the other Western countries, Canada, United States, Australia, UK, just continuously feeding the logistical machine to keep this thing going. On the Russian side, they're fucked again. Stretched supply lines, inadequate resupply of fuel, weapons, and ammunition, uh, basic necessities due to poor planning, and again, corruption. Corruption is their biggest fucking enemy there. So... That's the disadvantage. That's why I see a stalemate. I do not see in my in my mind any fucking serious heavy fighting other than fucking shelling with artillery and shit like that. I don't see any significant ground being gained on either side over the winter because I don't feel that either side is equipped to fucking fight winter warfare. I used to think the Russians were good at it. Not now. They can't even keep their shit running in the summer. There's no fucking scenario where they're, they're going to fight a winner. Hey, you, you know where else where the Russians were totally and utterly fucked and outgunned and they had nothing? There's this place on the Volga called fucking at, well, I believe now it's called Volgograd, but at the time it was called Stalingrad. And I don't know, man. They had they were surrounded. They were fucking surrounded and they were going to get crushed. And uh, the Russians figured it out. Just saying. Yeah, but I'm going to flip that same comment on you and go, what the fuck happened to the German army? They overextended and couldn't resupply themselves. So the fucking Germans, the Russians are now in the same boat as the Germans the were. The trucks didn't have big enough tires. They got stuck. Uh, now we have to worry about them pulling their, the Russians pulling their shit off the Eastern Front and then China head faking them and taking them off to the Eastern Front as well. Yeah. You got a sleeping yeah. panda bear on that side. What's JM got to say? Does this not... Does he not know what we're training people? The USA is training people. The UK is training people. There's also active volunteers from across the world. Yeah, I don't know. He should. But I'll tell you what. 
I, I do not disagree that Russia is going to come back and, and bring the fucking noise, but they need to do a serious fucking hot wash, AAR, call it what you will, defuck themselves if they think that they're going to go back in there. Because while they're reconstituting, the Ukraine will be fortifying that entire fucking line. They better be getting those fucking civvies out of there, and they better start fucking betting in hard, because when spring comes, it's going to be fucking on. Here's yeah, a fighting season. Everybody back again. Yeah. Sorry, what's by. NATO? What, what's NATO getting out of this? Other than a tested, proven, beaten zone for conflict. Well, I'll tell you what NATO's getting out of it from, from a strategic level is they get to measure the Russian military. No, a hundred percent. But like, yep. there's been billions invested of taxpayer money from the NATO countries plus other countries. I wonder what the return is going to be, if no, anything think, at all. I don't think our return on investment is going to be that great, Ryan. No. No, I think it's Russia. Russia is not sitting next to Belarus is probably you're, the return. You're making more making. fucking money on turning your empties than they're getting back. I'm telling you that right now. I'll well, I know the Ukrainians aren't keeping receipts for but anything. You, NATO gets to measure what the Russians can actually do versus what they say they can do. Uh, NATO gets the advantage of Russia depleting resources. NATO gets the advantage of, 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 of a prolonged war in any country, be it this one or any country, negatively impacts the fucking population's opinion, you know, politically. But it's it, this is for, for NATO, and, and this is going to sound fucking shitty if, if you're from the Ukraine and, and suffering the way those people are right now, but... It's a massive advantage to NATO to sit back and watch their enemy, quote-unquote enemy, fight somebody else who's not in NATO, right? You get to sit back and watch the whole shit show unfold, and there's 100% advantage to NATO. Here's my here's my whole thing about this, and I said it to the int guy at 2VP in 2016. I said, is the wool being pulled over NATO's eyes? Are, are we watching Russia when we should be watching somebody else? And he just smiled. He didn't answer me. He just smiled and walked away. I was like, oh, shit. Never do not talk to Canadian ink guys. Well, I, I said... What your name was Major McLean? No. Oh, Jen's not watching anymore. She used to be in. My ex-wife, she's me she's medical now, but she used to be in. Fuck, those guys are fucking right out of her. Maybe I'd you're right. More scared of a right. than Russia. And maybe you're right. I mean, but okay, well, how how long are we going to fucking pretend that? This fucking thing's been going on six months. If we were having this conversation four months ago, two months in, I'd probably believe there's an A-team coming. I'd probably believe that Russia's fucking being all this, that, and the other thing. But six months in, coming up all winter, and they don't have that shit wrapped up yet? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's hard for It's hard, hard pill for me to swallow to believe that. I think the Russians are fucked, and I don't think they're going to win this war. I do think it will drag out. But I don't think Russia's ultimate goals or gains will be realized. Do I think Ukraine will go to the table and concede some ground? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Even though Zelensky says, I'll never do that. I'm like, yeah, you will. Shut the fuck up. Yes, you will. Yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe, okay, let's bring that map up. Yeah. I mean, I mean. Right, this map is pretty close. I, like it's, 
Give it up. It's fucking people can stop dying right now. Done. Like this is pretty close to the 2017 line where they wanted to go to the negotiation table. Yeah. So why don't they just, if I was Russia, I'd be like, okay, this is what we wanted originally. Let's start negotiating. Sure. I don't know. If Putin there wants to save face and, and fucking uh, Zelensky wants to stop dying. Easy for me to say sitting in Canada. I know. I know people around the world watching and listening to this don't shit on me. Fuck it. If, if, if the bulk of these people are pro-Russia in these areas in red, I'm sorry for listeners who can't see this, then fucking go to the table and work something out, man. Create a buffer zone. So, I don't know. Do something. But stop killing civvies. Yeah. Like, they could negotiate. They could do a ceasefire come first snowfall and negotiate all winter. And hopefully they have a, a result by... Because the Ukrainians don't really work in December for Christmas, maybe they'll have an answer by February. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, Jam brought up a good point here. My family's from Finland and they're ready to fight Russia again. There is a lot of other countries. Let's let's leave the Ukraine out of this that are watching this whole fucking thing go down and they're like, they border Russia too. And they're like, well, okay, if, 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 we, if you concede fucking ground or concede Ukraine... Who the fuck knows, man? Like, Putin's pretty pissed off after what Gorbachev did and collapsed the Iron Curtain and the whole Soviet Union. And he was like some uh, FSB station guy in Poland at the time. And it was like, hey, you're done. Pack your shit. Get out. He wants his Iron Curtain back. So why would he stop at Ukraine? Why Why would he? Somebody tell me why. Well, he he's would... not going to get Poland. No, he's not, he's not going to get a NATO country. So he goes after the only one that isn't. So you got all these fucking Scandinavian countries that are not part of NATO going, hey, fuck, we better get into NATO pretty quick here because if we don't, this cunt's coming for us next. Right? Now, during the Second World War, didn't Finland, their resistance movement, slap the Russians and the, Ger and the Germans around pretty good? Fuck yeah, they held their ground, man. Those Finnish guys did not fuck around during the Second World War. Resistances are awesome, man. The Ukrainian resistance is fucking probably better than their army. What is this Ukrainian resistance you speak of? So we did a, I did a, was it two, when the fuck did we talk about that, boys? Two weeks ago? Week ago? I read an article on it and, and they got basically ex-military guys. You're, you're creating your typical underground resistance made up of a civilian population. But these guys are more than a communication uh, network, an intelligence gathering network of, of civvies. You know, they're out there running risky fucking in, info ops, sorry, information gathering missions, flying drones that can be picked up by Russian fucking tech equipment. Um, they're doing some interesting shit, and it's, it's become thousands of people that feed the information machine to the Ukrainian military and obviously the Western support thereof. And that is a fucking force multiplier that is huge for them and bad for Russia. I'm ju I just Googled it, and I got like 11,000 results in, I don't know, a split second. Well, you can go through them tonight. We'll be. <laughs> but uh, Jesus. No, man, it's fucking huge. It is huge. And, and some of the shit they're doing is like, wow. Uh, I had yeah. Joe Biden's money. I'd be doing cool stuff, too. Sure, man. And these are fucking civvies putting their lives on the line to go out and, 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 and get that kind of information. That is invaluable. That just shows you the resolve of the Ukrainian people. 
Well, it's the same as uh is is the is, is in France in World War Two. Fucking um, in in Holland, the Dutch resistance was huge. And uh, you can go on and on and on and on. If you are in a country defending itself from an invader, the populace will create a resistance that that will be a force multiplier for the the military. And that's why, like, I just this like the Russians forever. in Stalingrad. Right, the Russians in Stalingrad. Um, I just can't see. Well, fuck. There you go, Morgan. I don't see any scenario where Russia gets everything it wanted. Like, fuck. I no, just no. Don't see it. I, 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 I agree with you, but I think people are delusional to think that, like, that Putin's like, I want all of Ukraine. He might be saying that, but really, what he really, he, he said, I want all of Ukraine. What he really, what he really wants is just a little bit of shit down here. Like I said, like, and Ryan said it earlier, he's not. A and like I said, he'll go to the ta they'll go to the table, they'll negotiate, and he'll probably get exactly what he wants. We might think that he wants everything, but he doesn't. He's not stupid. I don't know. He wants the industrial areas, and he wants the natural resources, and that's right. all in eastern Ukraine. Well, and especially the shit down south where there's ports. Of course, he wants yeah. that. Of course, he fucking wants that. Well, if you look into history, that Black Sea port, that base that they leased from Ukraine for years and years and years, between that and Ukraine not paying for their natural gas for almost a decade. Uh, caused probably some pretty big rifts in relations between Russia and the Ukraine, and that's what started it all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Oh, uh, we're going to wrap this shit up, boys. I want to thank you guys for your time. Ryan, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for your insight. Uh, yeah, once again, you know the hooligans here. Uh, Ryan Perry, 24-year veteran, multiple tours, Haiti, Afghanistan, and two tours with some insight into uh into the ukrainian military having actually been there so you guys can hang back for a bit i'm gonna wrap this shit up if i didn't get you guys's questions last week on um on uh, ask an army guy i apologize so thanks for hanging out guys let's uh let's give some shout outs Fire for Effect, Fire for Effect Live, brought to you by DeanBlendell.com. Go to DeanBlendell.com. You can find my pod on there and a bunch of other really good ones and all kinds of actually fucking really interesting information about uh, sports, news, um, and just weird-ass shit. Check it out. Positive Mike's Brewing Company. Positive Mike makes really amazing beer. Unfortunately, not all of you have access to it, but you can buy his gear. Check out his social media feeds, and uh, and he'll hook you up. Mr. Hooper Inc., that's Bryce's, one of Bryce's two companies. Um, if you're looking for alternative sources to medicine and to get your awareness on cannabis and, and other uh, alternatives to conventional medicine, check it out. And last and not least, my favorite people on earth, Jeff Noni and his family from Lakeside Farmstead who grow, um, who produce local dairy products and make the best Wagyu cross beef you're going to find in the area. I hope you guys had a good one. We will, uh, oh, fuck's sakes. I need a producer. I'll see you guys next week. We'll see what we're going to talk about. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you guys later.